Oh, what's cracking, lovely people? Welcome to the Big Feed Up HQ podcast. I'm your host, Matt Gardner, and I'm a nutritional therapist specialising in sports nutrition by trade. As always, thanks for downloading and listening in. The podcast generally focuses on nutrition, movement and outdoor experiences. This is the start of season four. So if you're new to the show, I have almost 150 episodes up and available to you. So after you've listened to this one, look back at some of the others and see which titles resonate with you. The show is supported by 33 Fuel, who produce natural and powerful sports nutrition products. Use MAT10 at checkout for 10% off your first order. So if you're keen on exploring natural sports nutrition for fueling, recovery purposes, definitely take a look and I hope you find something useful. I use a tablespoon of their greens powders in my morning smoothie or I'll just have it with water, neck it as it is. And when I'm running my ultramarathon once a year, I love using their chia seed energy gels. The show is also supported by Attack the Day. So Attack the Day seeks to inspire others through a shared passion for mountaineering, outdoor adventures and all things fitness. Check them out for their great outdoor adventure and lifestyle clothing. As a listener to the show, you can get a healthy discount on their clothing. Brilliant. By using the code MAT20 for 20% off your first order. I use one of their beanies. I use one of their long sleeve uh, zip up uh, like t-shirts it, yeah they're, they're solid um, another one to the show is gym jam so gym jam have been created to empower people to achieve more create sustainable change and make a positive difference in the lives of others it's a digital platform with genuine human interaction where you get a designated coach who helps you achieve through regular in-app messages and video calls each coach is trained sorry, in an evidence-based approach called motivational interviewing to truly put the customer's health and well-being at the heart of everything they do. Oh, So, everything you need is in the show notes, lovely people. As always, if you like the show, please share it with someone. Ultimately, it's the only way the show will grow. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify. Leave me a comment or review on Apple Podcasts. That would be mega. So, today I'm speaking with Michael Bache who is the executive chef for Bath Rugby and team performance chef for England Rugby. Michael is also research and development specialist for Kinetic Kitchen and you can find Michael on Instagram via the underscore the Bath underscore chef. (laughs) Come on, get your words out. Anyway, it will be in the show notes um, how to get in touch with Michael on Instagram and other things. So I'll stop wanging on. I'm really looking forward to this one, lovely people. I hope you like it. Let's get into it. Michael, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate your time, mate. It's uh, it's busy to say the least for you, and you know, introducing you to the listeners and things beforehand, you you wear a few hats, mate. So before we get into each of your roles and um, hopefully hear a bit about your your love of feeding people, because I love feeding people. Um, well, like, where where are you, mate, at the moment? It'd be great to just get a bit of uh, context around where you are in the world and how things are going at the moment. Yeah, so uh, my full-time job is based in Bath, southwest, and I'm the exec chef of Bath Rugby. And, yeah, that's currently where I'm based. And, yeah, I work there full-time. Excellent. So have you been in Bath for a while or is it somewhere, you, you know, you settled um, over the last few years? Like, what's the story uh, there? Yeah, so traditionally I'm an Essex boy, uh, but I've been living in the southwest now for 12 years, just over, and I've been working at Bath Rugby for 10 years. So yeah, I'm very much settled 
in the southwest. So I do call it home, but uh, wow. yeah, originally from the southeast. Oh, mate, brilliant! And and what what came first for you, rugby, food, or were they both at the same time? Were you were you working as a chef, and and were you interested in rugby? Were you playing rugby? Like, where's the where are the kind of connections there? If we if we maybe can start there. Uh, honestly, definitely rugby come first. Some of the youngest memories I have are in an amateur rugby club. Uh, my dad was a, an amateur veteran who played for over thirty years. So yeah, the, definitely growing up with rugby. And yeah, I kind of was working in a pub uh, part time uh, during like the school holidays and stuff, uh, just within the kitchen, and that's kind of how I started off in the kitchen really mm. on a part time basis. Mm. But it was definitely rugby first. Yeah, I've always had a love for rugby. Hey, brilliant! And was that was that obviously playing quite a lot as well as as like spectating and and the love of the sport? Like, how did that side of things go? Yeah, definitely playing to an amateur level. Yeah, I was uh, yeah proud to say that. Uh, yeah, I was definitely not going to have a pro career there, but uh, yeah, I've always loved it, playing it, watching it. Uh, yeah, and now I'm lucky enough to work in this environment as well. So, yeah. Brilliant! Oh, mate, cool. So it sounds like it's obviously been something you've been passionate about for a long time, and I think. It would be great to maybe understand from your perspective. I've had I've had a performance chef on the show before, um, but I think it'd be great to hear your experiences of how, of how you got into, you know, that that kind of, of of way of things, that kind of you know cooking. Um, I'm not saying that generally being a chef isn't isn't about being precise. Of course it is, but the the performance side of it is interesting. And was it something that you were were you aware of it when you were working back then in the pub when you were kind of getting into food? Is is it is it still quite a is it still quite a new ish career in in a sense or is it is it something that really if you do scratch under the sides of elite sport or if you you've been in it for the years that you have almost a, a decade, is it has it really built momentum? Because I think for a lot of people it is still very it's still quite a new thing, this whole performance chef term, you know, the average person looking in at what you guys do. Yeah, you've hit the nail on the head there, you really have. Uh, I mean, just wind it back to when I first started out in kitchens, I mean, as I said, like it was very much the weekend kind of job. It wasn't until I kind of hit an accoladed uh, fine dining establishment, I kind of really took an interest in food. You know, when I first started off, it was a pub and everything was served with chips and peas. You know, it wasn't cooking. It was just one of those places which is convenience and mass numbers. So you don't really learn a great deal there. Uh, but fine dining is kind of really what captured me into the industry. Uh, I started working in a fine dining hotel in Brentwood, Essex. And yeah, I just thought this is what cooking is. It's pretty cool. Look at what you can do. Just the art, you know, making food look pretty. It was something that I really enjoyed. Uh, you learn something different every day. And, you know, no matter how much experience you've got, it's one of those industries where you will always learn. And every day is a school day. And I think that's quite a common thing you'll hear chefs say. Uh, but it's true, 100% true. And once you're working with some influential chefs, you really kind of take a little bit of pride in bringing on the next generation. Somebody who's going to mentor you through professional development. I did four, four years of college. I had a great chef support me through that. My lecture was even more influential in my career. She really kind of taught me a thing or two. Uh, so, like, I had a, you know, in my early 20s, I kind of really had that, that hunger for fine dining. And I moved to the southwest, and I worked with some of the best places in Bath, and I kind of networked with some very good chefs and just moved around a little bit. And to be perfectly honest with you, I kind of got the job in sport by chance. 
And 10 years ago, uh, the whole sport has evolved massively. And I'm sure anybody, even if you don't understand rugby, you can definitely see what 10 years has done just in the composition of an athlete. But uh, the game, the speed, the size of the players, the way it's played, the law changes, you know, that's kind of across the board, everything's changed. Mm. So the whole food is kind of, yeah, you're right, you know, performance chef, that word performance chef is relatively new. But yeah, I'd say I got the job at Bath through chance. I started off as a sous chef, which is a second chef, uh, and kind of, yeah, took opportunities as they kind of occurred. But the performance nutrition is something that I've, grown in my later years to definitely have a massive interest in and there's a, although i'm a chef and i, I work with food uh, now i'm cooking for a different reason i'm not cooking for flavor and presentation of course it's got to look good and taste good but there's also another reason and that in that there's not a lot of research not a lot of rescue words there's not there's not a great deal about the performance side of things regarding fresh food first now my training mission is our kitchens and and, and kind of fine dining there's a lot of refined detail. There's a lot of understanding the produce, the ingredients, where does it come from? Uh, there's a big thing on on that relentlessness to really understand what you're doing and consistency of recipes is massive in fine dining. Uh, it's one of the things you live and die by the sword and if you're not consistent, you know, that is something that can cost you an accolade and chefs with a Michelin starter, one thing you're gonna do is want, want to hold on to it. So I think when you work in that kind of environment, I've, I've taken that training and I've kind of, at Bath, consistency is massively important, and I'm sure that kind of you can probably use that across all sport. But the rest of us have to be the same, you know. If, for example, and this was a conversation I had two days ago with one of the physios around uh, collagen. You know, we use a lot of a lot of stocks, meat stocks. Uh, we make a lot of uh, we have a lot of meat on the bone. You know, the whole makeup of the food is naturally very high in collagen. Uh, we, he was asking me about, you know, can you tell me how many times a week? And so we, we sat down and went through it, uh, just for one of the guys who had a bit of tendon issues uh, on the knee. So like, I think as a chef, really being able to have that accountability for the food, uh, the protein content, uh, is another one I'm just going to step on. You know, if you're making a particular shape a certain way, or you've got, you need to be accountable for what these guys are eating, uh, because your nutritionist or your S and C coach is going to want to know uh, how much protein are they having uh, you know at certain periods of the day the protein pulps every three to four hours you know so you need to kind of make sure you understand the macro makeup to your food mm. i think because we make everything a bath and it's fresh food first so just about every opportunity uh you've got to have that detail there's a lot of crossover between although you're cooking for different reasons that that kind of attention to detail is very much apparent within the makeup of Farley House and just my chefs, the way we work. I teach people the way I've been trained. So ultimately they're working to a very high spec in detail. And that just comes down to the way we source our food. My supply chain is very important to me. Uh, and we'll probably talk on supply chain uh, uh, in, in a moment on that. But ultimately that's kind of the makeup. There's a big crossover between the attention to detail that goes into that kind of food. And I've kind of tailored it with performance nutrition. I'm not a nutritionist, but I, I do work with some very good nutritionists and I, I pick their brains all the time. I'm always on their case for asking for questions because ultimately it's just going to make me better at what I do and understanding uh, how to periodize carbs, how to understand how to, uh, why we protein pulse, uh, you know, all the different varieties of vegetables and stuff and, you know, things uh, that could be high in anti-inflammatory, high in micronutrients, you know, understanding this food is kind of ultimately going to help 
the athletes recover and get them ready to get them ready to compete. Fantastic. I mean, there's there's a huge amount to unpack there, but I think what I'm hearing is you you thrive on that. Every day is a school day, learning, continually developing, and then you you must do you, do you take a lot of pride now in obviously being able to share your knowledge with with your team too, and you know you've been through a lot you've you've picked up some great mentors so it must feel great now to then deliver that on a daily basis to to not necessarily younger chefs but you know maybe less experienced chefs that have the hunger that want to learn that you see maybe a bit of yourself in that must be exciting you know having having a team around you and and building that after the years of you kind of coming up that's that's probably the first thing I hear and then that consistency piece mate there's something there's, there's something brilliant in it. I know people say that kind of environment, highly stressful. You know, anytime you tell someone you're chef, someone might go, oh, you know, I bet that's tough. But there is there is something brilliant in doing something over and over and over again and trying to master that. So that must, again, yeah. that must be great. Um, and then finally, yeah, the, the connection with the rest of the support team. And you say that your food doesn't necessarily look good, mate. I'm going to link to your Instagram after this. And, <laughs> mate, it definitely does. You know, there there's things in there that, like you said, there's purpose behind ingredients. And I know what we, you've mentioned a lot of it, which to, to listeners, you know, there, there's some great knowledge bombs there. But, you know, you're, you're, you're still dealing in portion size, like you said, the way it's presented. The players will have, you know, certain comforts, taste profiles that they like. So it's uh yeah there's there's probably a lot more to the way the food looks maybe it's not to a certain standard like you said of fine dining but i i, I bet you know the, the the team at bath are, are pretty well treated to you know good looking feasts most of the time yeah the the, the common one is it looks good and tastes like crap that's, yeah. that's generally the, that's generally the favorite but uh, <laughs> no you're right there i mean the one thing i am going to say at bath and you know they've empowered me to really develop the team i mean my team we worked together for a very long time now. Uh, me and my senior sous chef, we worked together for 10 years. You know, he's been at the club the same amount of time I have. And wow. my junior sous chef, you know, he's really kind of gone through the ranks now. Professional qualifications. Uh, we've got a training provider that have kind of qualified my team on the job, capturing what we do um, at Farley and capturing it within a qualification. So developing people is massive. But when you actually look at what gives consistency is people to give consistency. It's all very well and good, me having a fantastic recipe book. But you need to you need to rely upon the team that is executing that, you know. And again, consistency of your supplier. I've got a butcher for a reason because he's a very, very good butcher and he gives me what I need and he can source. But the knock-on effect to the farmers as well, it's a big, it's a big chain. Yeah. But, you know, consistency is massive and, like, it's overlooked a lot of the time in sport. And they just see a guy in a chef jacket that can make stuff happen. But, you know, you're only as good as your supply chain. You're only as good as the chefs around you. And that, that's kind of something that I really kind of, I'll never take for granted at Bath because, you know, we have developed a very, very well-skilled, a good all-round catering operation. Yeah. Yeah. That level of trust is is second to none, mate. And I'm sure there's been some challenges, you know, it goes without saying people listening to this and, and everything going on and things, I'm, I'm sure you've had to, you guys have had to think on your feet because, um, you know, it's safe to say the, the, the hungry kind of team that are training the output. I know we don't have to go too deep, but, um, I was fortunate enough 
when I started my career, I worked um, as an intern at Worcester Warriors and, and the team at the time, you know, they'd come in. It'd be good to hear a little bit about how, how it works at Bath, but, you know, they'd have breakfast that, that would obviously be, be made on site. Um, I would kind of be putting the, the supplements and things together so that obviously the chefs wouldn't deal with that. And then they'd have lunch. And then at times they would do afternoon snacks and things like that as well. So for people that haven't been in that environment, you know, and then the level of the output, it goes without saying, you know, there's a quantity of food there that that requires, you know, a lot of work, doesn't it? So it's, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's a mammoth task to say the least, isn't it? And then with everything else, like you said, trying to nip in meetings and speak to support staff and things like that, um yeah it's um it's 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 busy days it sounds like you obviously really enjoy it um but it's just about trying to refine processes i suppose and then once everything's out you can't really stand and 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 kind of uh, enjoy it can you you're either probably serving or thinking to the next job or speaking to another member of staff aren't you so it must be do you come in and then it's a bit of a blur or do you manage to have you got a good system to to care for yourself that's always a question i'm i'm interested in when i when i speak to chefs you know, have you have you worked on that over time to be able to come in and 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 be the best you can be each day? Yeah, absolutely. I think you know, you, you, working for a club for ten years, you kind of you know, it's not a crash and burn scenario. You know, you, you've been there for a long time. You, you really kind of build up good relationships with people, so and good systems of work as well. Uh, it takes a long time to organically kind of grow a system, but it's always changing. You know, a great example of the way you just painted the picture of you know, breakfast and so on and, you know, getting everything ready. Pre-COVID and the COVID era are two very, very different operations, you know, just from how we have to operate now. It's, it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely challenged me. I've met, you know, we've effectively now created a meal prep service. You know, you see these these meal prep services, you know, athlete shoes these days. We've ultimately recreated one of those. Uh, Pre-COVID, everything was on plates and everything was self-service. So your typical kind of how you would feed a a, a, a team sport uh, rugby team. So mm. I think you know there's two massive differences there. Uh, yeah, we would normally typically there would be uh, on on an intense training day we would provide four servings of food a day or four fuelings a day is what we refer to. Mm. Uh, that would consist of a breakfast and then some kind of pre gym snacks after a meeting or two. There'd be a pre pitch meal which is generally you know pretty easily. Uh, ingested uh, lean protein and then it'd be a post pitch training meal as well so there was a lot of food in a day and you know the rugby department used to be made up of about 70 people if you include staff so when you've got 70 people eating three four times a day you know you do the maths that's a that's a that's a, that's a lot of covers to do daily but Farley House operates uh, pre-covid it was operating like a commercial uh facility as well we used to have a lot of conferencing and banqueting and yeah there was lots of meetings and you know uh main sponsors would come to Farley House for fine dining you know so we'd have you know a four course menu um and this is where my experience in fine dining come in because and it, it's another way of really engaging your staff because you you, you coverage about every discipline and cooking there is um so yeah there was it's, it's a real interesting mix pre-covid and yeah. uh, feeding the rugby team alongside cooking a four course banquet for Bruce Craig and, uh, you know, Dyson or something like that. Or, you know, Land Rover was a, another common one. So it was, uh, yeah, it was quite, it's quite an interesting venue. Uh, yeah. It's definitely an interesting one to manage, but uh, I think now, you know, obviously COVID's everybody's had to, you know, unfortunately we, we've had to kind of reduce our team mm. because the demand commercially is non-existent. 
and we used to also look after the north uh the north stand hospitality as well so obviously that's had to stop now because we're playing behind closed doors uh and now we're literally focusing just on the performance nutrition and we have to provide everything in like a takeaway service so everything is like i say it's almost like a, a meal prep ready meal uh kind of evening post-training meal and then we're providing kind of a takeaway uh snack uh, that they can kind of eat at Filing House. That could be some kind of flatbread, salad pots, uh, you know, some kind of uh, protein yogurts. Uh, what else do we do? Soups are always a good one, especially this time of year. The boys are mm. always grateful for a nice mug of soup. Mm. Uh, salads, etc. you know. So, yeah, so we make quite a lot of snacks and stuff. So there's, uh, there's always that kind of stuff. It all has to be pre-packaged, you see. Mm. So, uh, yeah, it's quite a challenge. It's just a different challenge because... Uh, you just have to operate in a very different way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like you're just obviously extremely versatile with the service. And then again, um, when people have the time, you've you've put a, a brilliant photo of that. I think it's that the room where they do the fine dining, you've got that overhead picture of the table, haven't you, all, all laid yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, who knows? But hopefully when you can get back to that, you know, it seems a long way off. But that, yeah, that's such a unique side of it. You know, you might be putting together these flatbreads recovery things like that and then in the evenings you know you're then you're then turning around to fine dining mate that's that's definitely why I want, why I wanted to have a conversation because obviously you see bits and bobs online um you know you must be so busy you can't obviously always photograph everything and I know you're probably not always allowed to but I was just interested in that mix so thanks for kind of um breaking that down for me because I, I wondered no, how, good. how it you managed to do it mix. it's not something you typically find no uh but like I say it's, it's, it's you know it's a revenue maker for the club yeah our sponsors you know some want to pay a lot of money to to sit down and have dinner with a coach and one of the players you know it's, it's yeah. commercial yeah drive as well there uh, Mate, well, you know like I say having that venue having the setting of Farley House and in the evenings, in the lighter evenings, all the all, all of the fountains are lit up, and it's it's pretty spectacular. You know, we get all the candles out, all the posh crockery and stuff. And yeah, it's oh. it's quite a nice venue. Good. It's uh, a definitely a nice setting for that kind of uh, that kind of dinner. Yeah, well, you know, similar to you being a rugby fan, any any more money that's going into rugby and having those kind of events, and if it all works back through and continues to help with the product and you know a team like Bath and stuff it's, I think it's brilliant um I thought if we can make move on a little bit to um yeah, that that uh that side of things where I want to understand a bit more about this kinetic kitchen you know you you you've got kind of re- research and development side of things on on obviously on your on your Instagram and things and that was one of the reasons why I wanted to have another chat with you on the show. I know you've, I know you've popped a few things up about some nut butters and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. is that a, um, you know, that's something that's obviously brilliant fuel source. People like it for t- like the textures and taste profiles and things like that. Obviously the high fat content, but just maybe a bit more of the story behind um, how, how you got in, involved in that, mate. And, uh, you know, how do you fit it in? <laughs> you do so yeah. many things. Yeah. So that's something completely separate to Bath rugby, but yeah. ultimately, I've been making my own nut butters for a, for a few years, and they are a base to an awful lot of what I make, and everything that goes down very well with all athletes I've worked with. They've always been very greatly received. Uh, yeah, like uh, <laughs> a couple of the boys, oh, you should sell it, you should sell it, you should sell it. You know, so it's always been in their mind, but it's having the right opportunity. And there's a yeah. an entrepreneur, uh, his, his name's called Harry Noel Smith, he's a guy who kind of uh, came to me uh, when he first started out and just was like, can you just try these? And it was just uh, like a, a keto donut. And he had this idea 
and it was a donut which fitted with the uh, uh, the keto diet. Very low carb, very high fat, mm. uh, and they were actually very good. I was, you know, genuinely surprised. And I make a lot of snacks, in, in you know, very different. Obviously, yeah, we're not providing keto snacks for the athletes above but yeah nevertheless it's still pretty cool somebody's created something you know and i was interested so yeah we kind of chatted and we just kept in contact and yeah he's done very well for himself but off the back of that he's now got a commercial unit and we kind of got chatting and he always knew that i've been making nut butters mm. uh and yeah he kind of yeah we, we come up with an arrangement so yeah i'm uh, a small shareholder in uh the Kinetic Kitchen, so Brilliant. we've launched Nut Butters uh, early December, and yeah, they've been going okay. Which, cool. Uh, it's something we're just slowly, progressively kind of expanding where we're kind of reaching out to, and we don't want to go too big too quick because, uh, yeah. you know, we just don't want to be overwhelmed. Uh, but yeah, ultimately, that's kind of it. I think it's Excellent. the idea behind the Nut Butters is we're not using peanuts, we are using organic nuts, and they're, you know, but to be honest, I could tell you a little story on that. I've been a chef for a while, and you know, a, veg, a green grocer bringing you some organic this and organic that. And I've always just kind of looked at it and just thought it was a bit of a faff. Mm. But I had to eat my chef hat with this one because we've sourced organic nuts and they've single handedly made these nut butters better just by the quality of the nuts we're using. So, yeah, I've, uh, again, that's a school day every day. I was proved wrong there because obviously, previous experiences, but the nuts we use are very, very good quality and they made a very good product. So, yeah, that's kind of the story behind that. Hey, excellent. No, I really appreciate that because, again, you know, just looking from the outside in and looking at the products and knowing that you put, like you said, you probably have, have used it in the day job and, and developed it over time. Like you said, pairing very, with the right person, you can. It's not exactly the same as what I make for the athletes. We've obviously had to tweak the macro. Yeah. But the, the, the methodology behind the nut butter. The, it makes the, sense. Again, we talk about the attention detail, you know, being very vigorous on, on the sourcing and the timing mm. of it and the way that the method is processed and just, uh, mm. you know, the, he's very, and again, he's very similar to me in that respect of the branding and just the, the detail he's put into the marketing and stuff behind it as well. So. Excellent. We're going to start pushing it on in the next month or so. Yeah. And uh, yeah, see how it goes. It's, it's going okay so far, yeah. Brilliant, and people can stay in touch with that. And I think it is—it's an interesting area, mate, because some, you know, some people do feel better eating, you know, a high-fat diet. Some people need need the additional energy, you know, if they are active. Uh, again, that that kind of taste profile that is very spreadable, you can add it to things. It's such a versatile product. So, and like you said, if you build if you build another good relationship and um, the quality of the ingredients, the way it's made, um, it it, it, all, it all sounds. Yeah, it all sounds brilliant. And um, obviously, you know, look, I haven't got a, a gigantic listener base, so saying it on here and, um, you know, not too worried that I think you'd, you'd, you'd sell out or anything if people are going to go out and buy it like other, <laughs> like other big podcasts. But I suppose it's, uh, it, you know, is it is it something that people listening to this can purchase or do you do staggered kind of, um, you know, bit small launches and or do, you know can people buy it in certain places yeah, or online? Yeah, it's, it's, really av- it's, it's, it's really readily available. Uh, on Instagram, uh, the page is the Kinetic Kitchen, cool. and then uh, on Facebook it's Kinetic Kitchen. But yeah, there's links to that. You can buy the free flavors. There's hazelnut, there's almond, and there's uh, pecan, which is definitely my favorite. Awesome, brilliant. Yeah, definitely. People listening to this, going yeah, go and check that. I'd probably choose pecan as well, to be honest. Yeah, the almond is an interesting one because almonds are quite bland, actually. You know, yeah. they're quite difficult nuts, but. Uh, the the name of the the product is kinetic blends but it's ultimately we've blended the nuts 
and we've taken three flavors uh, to create this almond nut butter and you should give it a go it, it's it's a good product it's really nice actually cool. uh, it's it's been it's gone down very well especially the almond and the keto market actually we've had some really good feedback off that yeah mate that's excellent especially you know li- li- listening to your pedigree around you know being a chef and working in a performance environment and then people actually be down to get their hands on something that you've had a part of creating it's, it's you know it's pretty cool so um yeah that's definitely something people should consider i'm definitely gonna have a look at it as well um you, look you've been you've been really really um generous with your time today and i know i know because i'm a rugby fan and i could continue to pick your brains you know speak about england rugby environment and things like that but i think for today you know you've given you've given us a really good insight into how you got into it you know the the kind of value system you have that you take to you to your work every day which i really wanted to unpick and then obviously for people that aren't aware of the performance environment and and how how you go about feeding the players um yeah i think it's yeah it's been it's been really clear mate is there you know before we round things off i'll I'll pop your um you know your your instagram in the in the in the show notes kinetic kitchen is there anything else you you want to signpost the listeners to or or let them know anything about that i can i can pop in the show notes or are you are you happy with um yeah where, where things are right now yeah, no, I'm, I'm really, I'm really happy, mate. Yeah, as uh, no, thanks for, uh, thanks for the opportunity. It's always good to chat about food and rugby. Two things I'm a massive fan of. So yeah, yeah, we can, we can talk all day about that, those two topics. But uh, no, Excellent. like, if there is anyone listening that wants to ask me questions about food, or I'm more than happy to to have a chat with anybody. Uh, there's a few people that reach out to me asking, asking about certain things, and yeah, I'm always interested to talk yeah. about food and rugby. Cool. Yeah, and look, I can verify that. You know, Mike and I met through Instagram, and and we set up this conversation. It goes without saying he's, you know, an extremely busy man, and he's managed to squeeze in a conversation with me. So look, lovely people. Um, if you like the show, please share it with someone. You can obviously you can contact Michael through the means that he said, and and follow the the pages on Instagram. And yeah, all of the information I said at the start of the show is obviously in the show notes. Um, Be safe, keep looking after yourselves and um, have a great week. We'll speak soon.